is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis. Dallas selects Emmett Smith, running back from Florida. It is an early Tuesday edition of the DallasCowboys.com draft show as we get you set for this week's 2020 NFL draft. It's just two days away, and it's crazy to think that we are just over, I guess just under 72 hours away from the NFL draft. It's been a long journey. It's been an odd journey, but we are just about to that Point. Kyle Yeomans here alongside Jeff Cavanaugh, the great David Hellman, and also the incredible Kevin K.T. Turner down in the bottom corner. And so glad you're with us. Hope you're still staying, staying safe out there. And guys, overall, this is just kind of crazy to think that we're you're finally leading into that uh, that elusive day and really weekend of the NFL draft. But the real is, it really is just right around the corner. Yeah, I tried watching wrestling last night because I was looking for anything, and it was weird, man. It was real weird. So, what kind of wrestling? They're like in the empty you know, the kind of, the kind of on TV. Yeah, they're in the empty arena and it's real awkward, and real touchy, grabby. Um, so yeah, let's get some sports going. Yeah, I miss sporting. I miss sports, and uh, this is what we got. We got an NFL draft. Other than the week before the season starts, Other this is the like the best week of the year. Starts, and I don't this care is if like that the makes best me a draft year. And I don't I'm care if that makes me a draft uh, Yeah, let's draft. Let's do it. Yeah, let's draft. I saw a YouTube video of two bears in the street getting after it, and it was like Tristan Wirfs is taking on Caleb on Chase on. In my mind, I was just creating all these like football uh, yeah, <laughs> references. I don't know. But yeah, let's get this thing going. Dude, I saw that video, and bear number one, who was really, you know, trying to make this thing happen, bear number two was, like, backpedaling, but they were both doing the, ah, like, I will fight you. But bear number two was backpedaling, like, no, we don't have to do this, bro. But when bear one finally went to it, bear two manhandled bear one, despite trying to tell him, bro, we don't have to do this. See, he stayed, he stayed low at the line of scrimmage. He was able to get good leverage underneath and then able to drive back with a strong lower body. That was the biggest thing. Yeah, I think that was kind of the, the takeaway that we took out of that tape session. However, there's still plenty to get to around just draft buzz in general. Of course, we will have Twitter on the 20 coming up in just a little bit. I will also tell you that KT has a strategy that's going to make the Cowboys a Super Bowl contender. We're going to talk about that coming up in the third segment, so you don't want to go around anywhere for that. But let's get to some of these draft buzz points overall, just kind of leading in to this final week in this final lead-up to the draft. And I've got a, a couple points here I kind of want to just roundtable with you guys. And we're going to start things off with kind of the technology and, of course, we've talked about the draft being virtual this season. We've talked about the overall 
kind of issues that could arise. And then they had the mock draft either yesterday or the day before. And in that mock draft, there was issues with the first overall pick. The Bengals at the first overall pick had a little bit of a, uh, a hiccup. They did not get their pick off in two and a half minutes of a delay. There was that hiccup there. But after that, it, it seemingly went smooth, according to John Elway, who was a part of the whole organization. It was a mock draft that was scheduled out between the 32 teams and even included the, the Cowboys in the script trading up to the number one overall pick where they took uh, offensive tackle Trey Adams out of Washington with the first overall pick. So there was some Cowboys fun with it. I mean, they took Trey Adams, but it was a scripted thing. That way it wasn't Joe Burrow, but just kind of funny overall. But it kind of just leads to that worry overall of the, the, the fact that we don't really know how things are going to go whenever Thursday rolls around. Yeah, we do, Kyle. It's going to be a train wreck. <laughs> and I can't you wait. Think it, oh, just yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I think uh, not immediately. And I don't know if it'll be your favorite team. I don't know whose team it'll be. But absolutely, we will have the allotted time for a pick, and it will go over that in the first round at least four or five times, whether it's working out a trade. Because what I saw was that the owners and the GMs were blaming bandwidth for what went hmm. wrong. That's what you blame if you don't know what went wrong. It, bandwidth is not the problem. There was not a bandwidth problem. There was a problem with somebody. Yo, there was a problem with a mute button that somebody didn't hit. There was a listen, listen. It's going to be a train wreck, and I can't wait. You're talking about 33 front offices. You know, you've seen the Cowboys war room. You know, you've seen the Cowboys war room if you've ever watched the draft. Somewhere between 10 and 18 people that play a all of them separated uh, by, you know, because of COVID restrictions. None of them having, you know, in-person access to their IT departments. And the vast majority of these people do not know how technology works as well as you would prefer. Uh, if it goes off without a hitch, I will be shocked. Like, if it goes off without a hitch, that'll be one of the most impressive things the NFL has ever pulled off. I think it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> Well, I think another thing that they have to contend with is that the draft historically has been a uh, made-for-TV event. So what you see is they have it kind of scheduled out with their commercial breaks and things like that. So you have 10 minutes to make a pick, but if we need to catch up on spot time and need to make this a four-hour night one, which they normally do, or three-and-a-half-hour night one, then the commissioner can put on the breaks and then we'll announce the pick after commercial. If you're doing this like everyone does our fantasy football draft and we're just moving on to the next pick then the, it should move faster and the NFL is going to take their proper steps to make it move a little slower to work at their pace so I think there's a lot going on with that as well with some teams going wait I had 15 minutes to make a pick and uh or, or I only had five minutes to get my pick in because the way it was all it all worked out and it's just, just going to be Really, really awkward. It's going to be really bad. And another thing is, too, and I mean no disrespect, you do start asking for a lot of problems when you start putting really old people in charge of technology. <laughs> I don't know what the kids are doing on TikTok. I'm, not, I'm just as guilty. But you really do start asking for problems when, when you're saying, hey, older person, handle the Internet. Okay. Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. <laughs> it, 
it does present a problem, and you will probably see some of the IT professionals at least involved. I don't know if they'll be directly in the house the entire time, but I'm sure they'll have kind of an emergency contingency plan going into it. I feel like you have to have a safety net should some of those issues arise. But moving on to some of the players and some of the rumors that are circling some of the selections that could come early in this draft, let's start with Jeffrey Okuda, one of our favorites out of Ohio State, the cornerback. Top on the board, I believe, across the board here for the draft show in terms of the top corner on the board, and it's really not a competition. However, there's some rumors that he may slide back a little bit. That corner may not be as early of a draft need as teams may have thought originally or as media may have thought originally. If he ends up sliding back, I'm not necessarily saying he would slide back to 17 or at least within range of 17, but is it a possibility that that may be pushed C.J. Henderson to 17, maybe a Christian Fulton there, maybe a little bit further back if you wanted to trade back a little bit. Uh, what does this do as a domino effect with a cornerback position? I think that's where these rumors are great. I mean, I think I think if you're still putting money on it, I still think you think Okuda goes at number three if that pick doesn't get traded. And I think there's a chance that that does happen. But I do think it's interesting. It, it, it's First of all, it's like disclaimer. It is smokescreen season. Like you gotta remember that, right? But the the Derek Brown the Derek Brown to the Lions rumors that popped up out of nowhere yesterday are very interesting. I always kind of thought they might keep it quiet on Isaiah Simmons that they would like him and maybe try to keep that down. Um, so if Okuda does go back though, the next landing spot, you kind of look around. It's like okay, if you get past the the quarterback teams, the Chargers and the and the Dolphins at five and six. Maybe the Cardinals at eight, uh, Jacksonville mm. at nine. Like you get a couple teams who would make sense to take a cornerback, and maybe that does push someone back back to you a little bit. You know why, you know why nobody's good at mock drafts? This is my new theory. Because what we do, and I do it too, so I'm talking to me. Gosh, look at you, you. Uh, like we'll talk about what to get the best player and find the best value in the draft. But then we'll mock every other team to pick their biggest need instead of necessarily picking the best player. Where it's like, well, Henderson, uh, you know, maybe he goes nine because they need a corner. Or maybe, and, and that's the way that we do it. And then somebody's going to break the whole thing by just picking their best player, even though it's not their biggest position in need, and ruin everybody's mock draft. So we really don't know, and that's the fun of it. That's, I was going to say, I mean, Okuda's the type of player, like, even if he slides, I can't imagine him having a crazy slide because at some point somebody's going to say, the best corner in the draft is sitting here at pick eight. Like, of course we're going to take him. Who cares what we need? Like, that's how that works. So, uh, I don't think I see it. And, I, I mean, I've been suspecting for a while that C.J. Henderson is going to go higher than a lot of us initially thought. And I know you can't trust draft week rumors completely, but, uh, you know, the buzz seems to indicate that that's a total possibility. There's a lot of chatter about Atlanta wanting to trade up. Uh, they could use a cornerback. Mm -hmm. Talked about Jacksonville drafting uh, C.J. Henderson at ninth overall. And, you know, Jeff Okuda could slide to seven or eight, and then C.J. Henderson goes nine or ten. Like, that wouldn't shock me even slightly. I definitely think he's talented enough to be picked that highly if somebody likes him. 
Well, also kind of going off of that a little bit, there's the the dangling of picks kind of going on at the same time. You've got the Giants at four that are saying, hey, we've got some uh, prime spot, some prime real estate right here. I know the Lions are just ahead of us, but we still got a pretty good spot here if you wanted to trade up and see what we could do there. So, I mean, even if he gets past three and then you move on the the later parts of the draft, which I think he will get past the third overall pick because I don't expect maybe the Lions – to sit there and select but then you've also got teams like the 49ers who could potentially trade the 13th pick I know like you said Atlanta has a chance to to be a suitor the Cowboys are they interested depending on who falls it would be kind of a tough sell to me but at least there's those conversations being had between these teams about these picks early in the draft and kind of dangling them out there any of them kind of surprise you or at least pique your interest a little bit can we talk about the laziest um, smokescreen in the history of the world that came out yesterday? I'm still laughing about Justin the Herbert. Giants. <laughs> the, Giants, the Giants are doing homework on Justin Herbert. Be be my guest, y'all. Uh, if you want to have three top ten picks in the last three years and spend them on a running back and two quarterbacks that nobody's <laughs> sold on, you go right ahead. Uh, but if you expect me to believe that you're talking to Justin Herbert because you're actually going to draft him, you're stupid. Uh, or if you actually draft him, you're even stupider than that. So um, have have all the fun in the world, Giants. Uh, I hope it works for you. I hope somebody comes to get your pick. But I doubt they will because nobody actually believes you would do that. What's a dumb rumor? Because if you're the Giants, let's just pretend that they're – let's pretend they're really smart, right? And so in their mind, they're really smart. And so Gettleman's sitting there and he goes, boys, you know what we got to do? Hold on, let me move my binder and talk to you guys. What we got to do is tell people we're interested in a quarterback. That way, people will want to trade with us to come get the quarterback. But then somebody smarter than him would be like, well, Dave, actually what would happen if teams thought we were interested in that quarterback is they would jump ahead of us. So we're actually just creating even more demand for the pick in front of us, not for our pick. So we're really accomplishing nothing with this rumor. But Dave. We did a rumor. Dave, what in the middle of that assume that we were? What in the middle of that assume that the Giants were being smart though? That's the the question. Maybe Gettleman's Uh, just trying to help the Lions. Maybe he's trying to help you know Patricia and uh, and Bob O'Quinn you know get something for that third overall pick. Good job, Dave. Good team player. You know the the owners are in this together. Well, think about this. Maybe they're trying. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe they're trying to pique the interest of a team that might have to get ahead of them to get trade with Washington at two so that Washington goes back and doesn't have Chase Young, and you're not playing against Chase Young twice a year. Is that hmm. crazy? What does that have to do with the Giants? Well, if I'm, if I'm talking about a quarterback – if I'm talking about a quarterback at three, and then I'm another team, I'm like, well, I gotta get ahead of, I gotta get ahead of them, or at four, I gotta get ahead of them now. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I am. What do you guys think you the Giants? Crazy. What do you guys what? think the Giants are gonna do at four? Do y'all think they'll go like one of the tackles? A tackle Either one of the tackles or Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, tackle or Simmons would be my guess. Probably the- there. Trade. Probably tackle. I don't know. It's kind of tough to look at whenever you, you see. It, it goes back to kind of what Jeff's point was at the beginning of the segment. Our team's going to draft best player. They're going to draft need. A lot of people have offensive tackles slated to the Giants at, at pick number four. 
best player available most likely is going to be Isaiah Simmons at four instead. So uh, if they do end up selecting there, it would be interesting. Now, some of the other players that could end up going in the, the first part of the round, this will be the last point before we take our first break, but uh, Javon Kinlaw, Tua Tungo-Vailoa, of course, health concerns. We, we've had some a little bit uh, with them over the course of the draft process, the knee tendonitis for Kinlaw, the hip for Tua, that apparently both were cleared during the NFL Combine. Now, are they still clear is kind of the question going into this. Are these physicals being failed? Are these teams potentially going to let them drop a little bit more than we earlier anticipated? Do you see a drop from either one of these just because of the oddity of this draft process moving into the final week? Kind of hoping for a two-a drop based on some of my activities that I did yesterday because um, those rumor skis are getting floated around there. And so uh, I went with it. Mm-hmm. The thing about like medically cleared is it means different things to different people. Like you can have 23 teams that said Tua, good to go. And then you could have nine that are like, we ain't touching him no matter what. So cl- even cleared is a weird term because it's like it, you get the initial report that to his medicals, checked out. He's clear. He's ready to play. But you've probably got somewhere between 5 and 10 or maybe 5 and 25 teams who are like, yeah, that's cool. He's cleared to work out. That dude's getting hurt. Mm-hmm. He's banged up. I, so, like, you just you never know what it means for your team. I'm going to put a dollop of hand sanitizer on right now because I'm about to get my hands dirty and break off a piece of truth for you guys. Let's do well, it. Let me get oh, a little wow. sum with you. Okay. Let me get a little okay. sum with you. Let me get a little sum with you. Tua is not just a quarterback, and that's what makes him valuable. He is a very good quarterback. And let's be honest, I think it's probably 50-50 that we're playing less than 16 games this year. I think there's a chance. Mm. I am not scared of drafting Tua because there's a chance, A, I don't have to play him at all. B, I don't play him at all because there is no season. But see if it's in the best interest for the team, I can still develop him for one year, much like Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. None of those guys played in year one. I do not have to play him just because I drafted him. So you, if you're Watson worried about played, he just got hurt. But okay, yeah, I hear you. If you're but if you're worried about the, if you're worried about the hip, like you think it's degenerative, and he's well, then he doesn't need to be in the league. Then okay, fine. Uh, he's a good player. You draft him, and he needs to go high because he's not. You know, Kyle Bowler. He's not Jake Locker. He's an excellent player. He's hey, really good. Hey, don't hate good. on my boy Jake now. Uh, he was not good enough. Bad, so wait, but Tua with Tua. <laughs> Hold on, KT. Hold on, KT. Let me ask you this. With Tua, let me get another doubt. Let me get one more doubt, and then we'll have this conversation. So, there we go. Get a bar of soap. Didn't realize hand sanitizer was necessary today. Okay, so are, are we pretending that teams who are medically worried about Tua are worried about this year Tua? They're worried about his career. They're worried about two years and hip, knee, ankle. They're not worried about will he be able to play this year or will he be able to redshirt this year. They're worried about are we picking a franchise quarterback that's not going to be available a bunch. Not today, but forever, as they say Man, in the you weigh the You weigh the risk-reward of that. Isn't it worth it anyway? Like, yeah, fine. I'll roll with Tyrod Taylor. Fine. You got me. You, if if well, there's even a why chance. Why are you hating on Tyrod? He's not very good. <laughs> if, he's not as good as Tua could be. 
If there's any chance that Tua plays like the guy that we saw at Bama when he was healthy, like you have to draft him. And I understand the concern. I get it. But if we're, again, quarterback's different. Everything about evaluating the position is different. If the pick hits, you transform your franchise. And that's worth the risk to me. Uh, even I, t- I totally get it. Like he never, he didn't like play a hundred percent of any of his college seasons. But if you even feel slightly optimistic about his medicals, you just do it. I'm not going to criticize anybody for trying to transform their franchise. Like you know, if if he if he was a running back or really any other position, I feel a lot less uh, secure taking that risk. But if he hits, you change your franchise. So you just roll the hey, dice and hope for the best. Hey, guys, what if he makes it to 17? Woo, do it. All day. Let's go. Well, he's, with that being said, I don't want to. Oh, sorry, sorry, Kyle. Go ahead. Oh, go for it. I mean, either way, whenever you're going into pick 17, I mean, it's best player available or your needs. And I, I, I don't know if a need is quarterback right now or anything. However, we do have a Twitter on the 20 question coming up that's going to address if the Cowboys could actually pull a trigger on a second-day quarterback. We'll address that when we come back here in just a moment here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor! Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here for the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Just two days away from the 2020 NFL Draft. I want to remind you that Miller Lite, of course, is brewed for every Dallas Cowboys fan. Who knows Miller Lite's been the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys since day one, they're, of course, our draft partner, draft day 
presented by Miller Lite all the way up and through. And so that's why you can grab a ice-cold Miller Lite, only 96 calories, and uh, just an incredible partner for us. Also, you can check out the Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine Draft Guide. I finally got my physical copy in this week, and it is beautiful. You've got almost like a, I don't know how many pages in here. There's about 80 pages in this draft guide. It's about 10 bucks at your local stores. You can also get a digital copy for just $4.95. Get you ready for the draft. It's getting down to that nitty-gritty crucial time to get your Dallas Cowboys draft guide, so I highly recommend it. You've got writing from the great David Hellman in it, so there's no other reason why you should actually go grab it because that's reason enough for you but it's time now for some twitter on the 20 i don't know if we have a drop or not i believe yeah there we go there we go we've got we've got a drop we've always got the drops going y'all want to get crazy right off the bat here sure yeah let's get nuts right off the bat all right our first question andre mcmillan comes at us and he says how do you feel about pulling the trigger on Jalen Hurts with our second round pick? Now, hold on for just a second. His explanation says, if he's there as an insurance policy as well as a backup quarterback, he said he's a big Dak fan, but he doesn't like the idea that any player is holding a team hostage, especially if the team is trying to keep him. What do you guys say? I don't uh, like second the round, idea. no. Second. I don't like the idea at 51. Um, and, I mean, this is this is pie in the sky, but as long as we're getting crazy, like the scenario that I've seen a lot of that I don't I don't mind at all is if if Captain Trade Down, if Jeff gets his, his desired trade down in the first round, say you trade into the mid-20s, add a pick, and now you're picking twice in the second round, I would draft Jalen Hurts in that scenario. I'd feel good about it, too. Um, I don't have a problem with that, but... Pick 51. I've only got, you know, four picks in the first four rounds, and I got all these other needs to address. That would uh, that would kind of bum me out if my only second-round pick was going to a backup player. That's a great point by Dave to realize that the only scenario that's the right scenario is trading down. I just so you're saying the down. right scenario is it includes Jalen Hurts, Jeff? That's eh, fine. You don't have to do it that way. But Captain Trade Down must rise. Like, this here's, morning I ran a simulation. It's like, it's, what, like here's what. Say it, Dave. The, the, the whole point of the draft show is to consider, like, every single angle of what could happen in the draft and all the different ways it could lay out. And you just bully your way into one thing, and I just don't want your heart to get broken okay. when it doesn't happen. Okay. Okay. I you're right. I, you you're going to spend the rest of the draft 25, being sad. 27. You can trade down to 20. You could go all the way to 35. There are. You're right. There's lots of scenarios. When they pick at 7, Jeff well, I also think quit. That's all. Like, you're just going to leave the, the show, and I'm going to be sad. What? Well, I, I'm not going to leave. Okay, good. Well, on night one, Jeff will be doing something else. Jeff will join you on Friday and Saturday. Oh, no, that's I'll fair. be with yeah, you on night that's one. That's a great, that's a great uh, point. If you, t- if you take Jalen Hurts at 51, what do I have? Like, 100 guys I have graded higher than him on my board? Oh, KT. Like, how, yeah, but how many? Like, I got four. Quarterbacks never four get round. drafted where a, they're. They don't get drafted where their value says they should ever. Even like nobody thinks Joe. Does Burrow's that mean the that's best. right though, Dave? Yes, 
Absolutely, yes, because it's quarterback. It's the same oh, yeah, conversation right. as Tua. Yeah. If you like a quarterback, draft him where you can get him. Joe Burrow is not better than Chase Young, but the Bengals would be stupid to take a defensive end over a quarterback if they think the quarterback can change their franchise. If you like Jalen Hurts, he won't be there past – I mean, if you only have one pick in the second round, if you pick at 51, he won't be there when you pick at 82. Very likely not. It's possible. Well, it's, if I they think, like – No, go ahead. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. If they like Case Cookus from northern Arizona, then maybe they'll just take him. I'd rather have him in the sixth or seventh than oh, Jalen Hurts in the second. Don't get me wrong. I would, too. I would way rather draft a day three guy like they did with Mike White a couple years ago, um, Jake Luton out of Oregon State, whoever you want. I don't care. Um, I just, I'm just i just saying, the way quarterback works is I don't think you can count on Hurts to fall to you later on because quarterbacks don't do that very often. Um, if you think, and if you think like KT does, if you think that he's a career backup, you're not using the second-round pick on him, period. I, yeah, I mean, yeah I that's a great to. point. And, and kind of going off of what Dave said a little bit earlier, talking about the, the best scenario for that to even happen is to have multiple second-round picks. And it kind of leads us into the second question here on Twitter on the 20. Sean asks, it almost feels like a couple of picks in the second round or more valuable than pick 17 at this specific point. Do you guys believe that that's the truth? If you end up picking up maybe multiple second-round picks, is that something that ends up being more valuable to you? And would you end up taking one of those as a potential quarterback? Uh, I, I, I would skip the quarterback part. because what I agree. I think is, so, for instance, this morning I was donging around. That's what I do. I dong around on the mock draft simulators. And just let's throw out a scenario. Let's say Chase on makes it to 17. Would you rather have Caleb on Chase on, or would you rather have whoever your favorite is of Delpit or Xavier McKinney and Damon Arnett? I'm just making up a guy I'd pick at 59 or 64. Mm-hmm. Which one would you rather Arnett, have? I'm in. Yeah, so I get Arnett and Grant Delpit or Caleb on Chase on. Yeah, I'm probably going the probably, probably Delpit. Mm, give me the multiple players in that scenario. Sorry. I, I guess the funny thing about what the question that uh, was asked uh, uh, by the listener and viewer, you said the two second round picks, like what part of the second round? Early in the second round? Late in the second round? Mm-hmm. Right? Just assume there are two second rounders in the middle? Oh, if, you're trading, th- a, if you're trading a one, you better be getting two good second rounders because I'm, I was thinking more along the lines of, Again, I just pick a team that makes this work, which would be like Seattle, and that puts you at 27 and 59, or 27 yeah, and 64. If you're moving all the way to the second round, they're going to do a lot better than 64 as the other pick. Yeah. Can I can I share a hot take with y'all? Yeah. This is this is something I've noticed over several years of doing this. I do think there's always good talent between like pick 34 and pick 65 like it always seems like or you know pick 75 whatever like the second and third rounds really feels like a nice sweet spot but at the same time i think we tend to fall in love with that because of the appeal of the unknown you know what i mean so at pick 17 we've really we've narrowed this thing down pretty good like i think we've got about five names that we feel pretty confident would be the pick 
And when you're picking a pick 17, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like all the options. Uh, you're like, oh, I'm not sold on Chase on, or you know, I don't like Fulton or Diggs or Terrell. I would rather they don't do that. But all the way back at pick 51, there's about two dozen players that make sense, and we know a lot less about how the Cowboys feel. So you can talk yourself into way more options. And I don't think that's realistic because, again, I think the list of players the Cowboys would actually pick is a lot shorter than the list of players that we're interested in. I think sometimes we just kind of fool ourselves into liking those later rounds later because there's more guys for us to fall in love with, even if it's not realistic. I think that's a fair point. Absolutely. I I agree with you. Kavanaugh can totally sell me on Damon Arnett because I love Damon Arnett. And for all we know, they Mm -hmm. might not touch him with a 10-foot pole. Um, But it's more enticing to talk about because there's more options. I think it's it's actually the exact opposite, where if you're not picking one of the guys that you have as like a no-doubt first-rounder, and maybe they'll have a guy at 17 that they do have as that, that uh, you're just playing an odds game here. Where the odds at 17, the, like who wins a trade in theory if you trade down? The answer is six times out of 10, out of 10 the team that traded down wins because mm-hmm. they're getting more darts to throw at the board. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that you're going to fall in that category every time because, as I said, it's usually about six times out of 10, not nine times out of 10. But trading down is the win. Trading up is the loss when you're not talking about quarterbacks on average. So I think we also have a problem with falling in love with the players at pretty much any pick to the point where we think, well, I've got these guys in the right order, and so the guy that I'm going to pick here, when reality is that you've got a better chance at it if you have an extra dart. Well, and I also think with this draft specifically, a lot of the talent is front-loaded. I mean, you talk about Chase Young and Joe Burrow and Tua, and and even if you wanted to throw Jeffrey Okuda, C.J. Henderson, it's those top 15 players that get you excited. The next 15 don't get you that much more excited than the next 45 almost. It it almost seems like the top 50 picks as a whole, it's 10 and then it's 40. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily the case. You can still separate guys like Damon Arnett and Christian Fulton. You can do stuff like that. But at the same time, you still have to have that kind of game-changing pick in the first half of the round that you may not be able to have later on so it it does that value ends up playing back and forth and and i know at least in this draft specifically i would feel more comfortable having multiple second round picks and trading back toward the bottom half of the the first round because then you get three solid players rather than an okay solid or an extra solid player and then a solid player at 51 i'm still on trade down uh the team trade down any day but for the uh, record, do have for a question. The record, I know Go I'm driving. I know I'm driving the chase on train. But if they can get out of pick 17, I am. I'm way on board with that. Just so nobody mistakes me. Mm-hmm. So you're you're chase on if you're at 17, but then you're still fine. You're still fine just, trading away, is what you're saying. I would be happy to draft Caleb on chase on. I would be happy to mm-hmm. get out of the pick. I'm fine either way. But if Chason's there, I think they'll pick. That's a coward move. I think it's, it's, it's going to be hard to execute trades on the clock. It's going to be tough. Get off, and, and get even, off the fence, Dick. 
even John Elway said that yesterday in his reaction with the mock draft is the f- the fact of the is the the fact that trades are still going to be tough overall. Okay, next question. Thomas Davis asks, "What player has been mocked to the Cowboys recently that you do not want for the team?" AJ Terrell. That was easy. He's my yeah. eighth cornerback, and that's mm. the name we started hearing at seventeen. And our buddy Dane Brugler, I said, or I saw, he even said. Uh, on the tweeter to me, he was like, that's if he makes it to 17. He may go yeah. before that. And again, this is one of those things where uh, my buddy Chris, he was asking me, he was like, you didn't have, it was, this is was going back to 2017, like, you didn't have TJ Watt ahead of Taco, so I had to pull up my old board, and I was like, yeah, look, I had him as my 15th best player, I had Taco in the 60s. So yeah, I did, like, I can prove it. But then I looked at the rest of my board, and I went, man, there's some... There's some mighty misses here. Um, <laughs> so listen, we can all be wrong about we can all be wrong about this. But AJ Terrell is the guy that for me he's a late second round guy. And mm. talking about him at 17, I'm like, no, thank you. But you never know. I typically yeah, watch Terrell. Kate, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Kate. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, all, all you, baby. All you, baby. I typically, I mean, I watch tape in terms of like best player to lesser known player. So, I watched a lot of these guys like a long ass time ago. Like I watched a lot of these dudes before the combine. I definitely, I hadn't looked at AJ Ter- Terrell since January or February. So I spent an hour watching him yesterday because because people have been talking about him and like I kn- so I know he got picked on by LSU. So I threw that out. I know he had a rough day against North Carolina. I was like, all right, I'm even going to throw that out. So I watched him against Texas A&M, which Clemson dominated that game, but I still wasn't in love with what I saw at all. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't come up with a reason why I thought that would make sense. So I would be, I would be not very excited if that was actually the pick. He misses about 25% of his tackles. And while he ran a 4-4-2 at the Combine, he does not play like he runs a 4-4-2. And I mm-hmm. think that's one thing you'll see, and he also gives off balance a lot. There's a lot of questions about A.J. Terrell, and I think teams are going to get suckered into the measurables and just go with it. Um, you know, honestly, Terrell, Fulton, Diggs, any of those guys at 17, and I'm going, I'm, I'm just not happy about that. That's me personally, just kind of where I'm at. I know that I like Jeff Gladney more than the rest of the world. I'm mm-hmm. kind of bothered or that I don't know at all how the Cowboys feel about Jeff Gladney. Because um, I wish his name was popping up a little bit more. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but oh, Terrell, that, that's a good name. I don't want them to go draft a linebacker in the first round either. That would disappoint me as well, to answer the question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think this draft- team needs to draft – I think this team needs to draft two wide receivers in this draft. Well, I I think this team needs to draft two wide receivers in this draft. So if they draft one of those guys and one of the big three wide receivers are on the board, that's going to bother me. And I think overall I'm kind of in that same frame of mindset with A.J. Terrell, but I think I would rather lean Trayvon Diggs there. It's the same kind of thinking. He's a little bit further down on my board. He's seventh on my board. 
in terms of corners, and he just kind of he had too many question marks, and he kind of relied on his length a little bit more than I would like for a first round, seventeenth overall corner. But uh, I would be, I would honestly be fine with Christian Fulton. I tweeted that out this week. I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm a fan of Christian Fulton overall. Now, I would rather pick up Christian Fulton in the twenties because that's a better value pick, and you potentially pick something else up later on. But even if he w- were to somehow be the pick at seventeen, I wouldn't. Necess- I might be the only one that might not be too upset about that overall okay final question rapid fire just one word answer yes or no Wes Cantrell comes on here and he says do the Cowboys pick at 17 yes yes ah okay so we're not trading down well I think you'd like to it's just a matter of is it doable because how many other who's there and how many other teams feel the same way the Cowboys do where it's like Mm -hmm. wait why would I be going up now we want to go back. That's I true. think there's going to be some bandwidth issues. Yeah. Unless somebody is in love with a quarterback that's there. I mean, if somehow Justin Herbert was to fall, uh, or or if somebody really loved Jordan Love, or maybe if if a great if if Mackay Becton slips like he did in our mock, if he falls all the way to 17, and somebody mm-hmm. that didn't think they had a shot at him realizes that they do. Uh, maybe, but you know we've spent so much time talking about how we don't love our options at 17. So what are the odds that somebody else is going to love their options so much that they want to give up picks to get it? Um, it's possible. I'm willing to lose. I'm willing to lose on the chart. I'm willing to lose on the chart to go down. To go down. Wow. How how it's bad? Kind of what it, it's come to. It's. Oh, I like the Frederick thing where they should have got a two and they got a three instead. Hmm. Yeah. Move down towards the end of the first round and pick up a three. I'm willing to lose to go down, but our yeah, team, maybe, I don't know. May, which The funny thing is the other thing that could prompt the trade is like what if one of the big three receivers falls, but if one of the big three receivers is there at 17 and they trade out of it, I would be pretty upset. Well, kind of going off of that. I would too. It, it leads into my tease, and I asked David last night what his answers were coming up in this next segment. And I'm going to tell you why David is completely and utterly off of the Team 40-burger bandwagon and how KT is going to win us a Super Bowl when we come back here on DallasCowboys.com. This is the Draft Show. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too important? Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. 
based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stacked from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. It's the final segment here of the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show, our final show before we get the draft underway this Thursday. And there's some fun events outside of our draft show, of course, Draft Day presented by Miller Lite. That's going to be a blast. It'll be streaming toward the earlier parts of the draft. We've got all 255 picks for you. Don't worry about it. We've got KT, Dane Brugler, Dave, and myself on Thursday. And then we join the fan on Friday with Jeff Cavanaugh and Brian Broaddus rejoining the show as well as the band is back together. Dane will be with us for day two and day three as well. But I do want to remind you about the Draft Day 5K Cool event that's going on. It's presented by Baylor Scott and White Health. And I signed up the other day. I've been running a lot recently. And I'm going to do my first 5K Thursday morning. You can either run it Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. It's a virtual 5K. Go online. It's, the registration's free. If you want, you can pay a little bit of money and you can get a, a medal and a, a tag and uh, just a, a T-shirt, I believe, is also included in that. And then you also can make a donation to help COVID-19 relief in the area as well. So plenty of fun stuff throughout the draft weekend. You've also got Jamie Foxx and DeMarcus Ware on that draft day live. But definitely the best coverage is sitting right here on DallasCowboys.com. But we do have just a couple more minutes left here in this final show before the draft, guys. Let's give our strategies going into the at least day one uh, and then kind of how we see day one painting out and how we would take the rest of the draft and the roadmap that we're going to lay out going into day two and day three as well. Jeff, we're going to start with you. We're going to put you on the clock pretty early here. If you were in the GM chair, if you're sitting in that war room in Jerry Jones' house, what is your strategy going into day one? My strategy is to be as prepared as I can for the possibility of Javon Kinlaw at 17, figuring out how we feel medically and if we want to make that pick. Uh, My strategy is knowing how many teams are open to coming up and based on certain players being available. And this will not surprise you guys, my plan would be to find a way to bail. My plan would be to try to end up with an extra top 100 pick because I moved back from 17. And then my plan would be to get comfortable with all the corners and safeties in this class and who would I like to pick, whether I have to do it at 17 or if I can do that in the 20s and then again in the 50s or 60s. Um, My plan is simple. Captain Trade Down must ride. Find a partner. 
Okay, yeah, no, I, I think it's, uh, that's a good plan to have and something to be ready for. And I think a lot of those trades, though, I, I think you need to have already been having conversations with New Orleans or New England or those teams that are in the 20s. What if this happens here? What if this happens here? And number one strategy, I need to know about 10 contingency plans right away. What do I do if this happens? What do I do if this happens? What do I do if this happens? And have them in order and start checking them off the box. Because when you get there, communication is going to be way more difficult than it's ever been. So, got to know. You know, got to know what the plan is. At the snap of a finger when it happens, you need to know. Even though you've got the 10 okay, minutes on the clock or whatever. Kind of going f- from that, what's an example of a contingency plan going into it? I mean, I know there's a ton of different routes in that, that tree and the, the possibilities are going to go spread out in different directions, but what is one possibility that a contingency plan could bring? Jerry Judy falls to 17. Are we are we all on board? I know we wanted to t- take defense. I know we mm-hmm. wanted to help out the edge rush. I know we need to attack cornerback, but... I'm looking at my wide receiver depth chart. What if Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup gets hurt? What is Cedric Wilson, our wide receiver three? Like, are we all good? Okay, let's turn the card in, Jerry Judy. Like, I, I personally, again, I said this earlier in the show. I'm, you don't got to take a wide receiver at, at 17. I'm not pushing mm-hmm. for that. Okay, but if it happens, and I, I don't think the big three are going to fall to you at 17. But if it happens, you need to be prepared to make that move. I think this is a team that needs to come out of the draft with two wide receivers. Because what happens if one of those guys does get hurt or banged up? I mean, the, the wide receiver depth chart on this team ain't good after Cooper and Gallup. It's How rough. high do you need to draft Let's that second ahead. receiver, though? The second one I think you can get in the fourth or fifth round. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Would you, would you uh, agree? No, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I think you and I are on the same page. I think... The Cowboys have to come out of this draft with a pass rusher, a couple of DBs, and at least one wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And you make mistakes when you try to force the round that that'll happen in. But I just think you have to identify the best possible value at all those spots. Um, That's why I've been pushing Caleb on chase on so hard at 17. I think when you weigh your options there versus what this team needs, that makes a lot of sense. If he's not there, that's how you wind up talking about Christian Fulton, Trevon Diggs, and A.J. Terrell. Um, Move back to pick 51. What's the best value there? Would it be a guy like a Josh Uche or maybe a Terrell Lewis if they last that long? Is there is there a receiver you love there with how loaded this uh, receiver class is? Is it possible that a guy like Jalen Rager is sitting there? I doubt it, um, but you got to be ready. So that's that's what I'm weighing. Those three positions, or four really, because cornerback and safety, I think they need both. Um, find the best value at all those spots and draft. And... I think the big four money picks, assuming they don't trade, which maybe they will, but if they don't, 17, 51, 82, 123, um, I think it's going to be really defensive heavy and hopefully throw in a wide receiver if the uh, if the value makes sense. I, now, I, I agree with you. I, I kind of want to go back to, to something that KT was talking about with multiple wide receivers. Now, I've seen – the, the concern. I mean, other than Michael Gallup and then Amari Cooper, you don't really – I mean, are you trusting the Cedric Wilsons of the world to get the job done? No, you're not. You need a, at least one wide receiver. 
My contingency plan would be early on, you, you need some DBs. You need a corner or you need a safety in round one or two. Round three and four, that's your sweet spot for your wide receivers. But the fact that, KT, you're saying that you need multiple wide receivers, where would you take each one of those guys? Well, I mean, it just depends. If the board's putting you in a situation to take an excellent player, like mm-hmm. one of the big three guys we've been talking about in Ruggs and Lamb and Judy, uh, and if you want to talk about Jalen Rager and, and Justin Jefferson, I, I'm okay with that. We could we could mm-hmm. do that. But like, it's if the board is it's just exposing a player for you and you just can't turn it down, you just do it. Like it's just, it's it's that's a simple thing that should, that I think everyone should go. Okay, this is just too good to pass up. What do we? There's really no thought that should go in here. We've done all the work. It jumps out at you. Take the guy. So. Uh, it's hard to be specific on what player, you know, but you really got to consider it. You know, who knows? Kinlaw falls back to you, you know, and maybe one of the wide receivers falls back to you somehow. I mean, look, there's guys who are going to get drafted tomorrow, like Austin Jackson probably going to end up in the top 20. And we talked about A.J. Terrell maybe not being there at 17. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some guys who are going to go and we're going to be like, huh? No one thought Cleveland <laughs> Farrell was going to go pick four last year. You know, like, yeah. there will be some head scratchers that – and, and that's why maybe some of these names that we've been talking about all along are there, Chase on and Kinlaw or whatever. But mm-hmm. I'm just not going to be scared to take wide receiver because when I look at it, yeah, I need help at cornerback, sure. Uh, but I, it's not like I'm good at wide receiver. And I don't think this team – and honestly, I really don't think this team is in a position to go out and if uh, the third wide receiver gets hurt – I mean, if one of your wide receivers gets hurt – they're they're not really a good position to go put up huge offensive numbers, to be honest with you. And mm-hmm. I and I wish I could say differently, but if Cooper or Gallup gets hurt and they haven't done much to help out the wide receiver group, and Cedric Wilson hasn't done enough to just be handed wide receiver three. Uh, the other thing I would throw in though, personnel trading, like players on rosters already, that could be interesting as well. We've seen Marquise Goodwin already get dangled out there in San Francisco a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco at 13 and 31. They look like they want to play. They look like they're trying to get some action going just because they don't pick again until the fifth round, um, I believe. So, like, but, but a, a wide receiver that's already on a roster could make sense as well. So, Christian Kirk. A Christian Kirk type would be fantastic. I would love hey, that. Mm-hmm. Captain Trade Down. Oh, uh, uh, what if you what if you can't bail out of seventeen, but San Francisco wants you to come up for thirteen? Would you do it? What am I going up for? Take your wide pick. receiver, Jerry Judy. What's it cost me? Probably your third. Yeah, uh, probably eighty-two, right? Yeah, eighty-two, and maybe one of your fifths, but we'll say eighty-two just to get you to do it. T.D. Lamb available? Uh, no, just sure. Jerry Judy. For the sake oh, of that's a, that's a no-brainer. No, it's got to be Jerry Judy. Jerry okay. Judy, Jerry Judy, Man, and C.J. A, Henderson. You're really disrespecting Jerry Judy. C.J. Henderson's also. Uh, no, there. I'm not giving up an extra pick. I won't give up an extra pick to go get C.J. Henderson. I would think about it for Lamb and Judy. Uh, but the thing is, is I would have a full ten or fifteen minutes to think about it because I would be—they'd be on the clock, and we'd be talking about this night of time. I wouldn't—I wouldn't be pushed like this to make a decision right this second. Yeah, you know how mad? Do you know how mad the Cowboys would get at me? The Cowboy Nation would get at me. 
if not only was I taking a receiver in the first round, but I was trading up and giving up a three for it. So now all I got left is my two, and I need an entire secondary and an entire D-line a year from now. Cowboys Nation would kill me, and well, I'd what? do it in a heartbeat. Let's go! I'm here <laughs> Cowboys, to have great players. Mad? I'm like here to Cowboys, have great players. Does Cowboys Nation think they've, we have a number three wide receiver? We don't. Does Cowboys Nation think Amari Cooper and, and Michael Gallup have been beacons of health? They're not. No, but I think they would, like, they would, But you have yeah, two 1,100-yard receivers to, to say that's your biggest Nation need and that you're willing to give two of your about, first three picks. They need like nine players. They need like nine players. Yeah. This is a year where the Cowboys need like 12 well, draft picks. They sure and do. To Jeff's point, though, uh, it, it would be – Somebody, I can't remember if it was KT or Dave just now, said, or is it so certain that the Cowboys have a third wide receiver? I don't think, if you're looking at CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy, it's also not a guarantee they're going to be your number three wide receiver. They may be your two or your one. I'm not disrespecting Amari Cooper, but I'm just saying CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy are two guys at the top half of this draft that gets you as excited as any other receiver that you've seen on the board or at least been available as of late. I mean, this is could be a game changer in terms of your offense overall. Team 40-burger, it may be 45-burger if you've got Lamb running around and, and breaking tackles the way that he does. When somebody's insane enough to gift me an NFL team and I'm picking my own players, if the criticism of my front office becomes, you've invested too much in offensive weapons to help your quarterback, I will say thank you for your criticism. You're right. <laughs> Guilty Wait, as that, charged. Wait, that many people are going to watch you play Madden? They should. Uh, well, I don't play Madden. I just they would have to watch. They'd be watching me build the team. I GM on Madden. I don't play. You know what? I, you know what I can see happening? Just because, and I, I know new regime changes things. I can see this team finding a way to draft a center or a guard. No, stop it. I don't even want to. Talk about that early. Hey, we, need to, we need to chill out with the Ruiz and the Cushenberry disrespect. I'll tell you that right now. We need to stop with that disrespect. If it's part of a trade, like if they if they drafted Caesar Ruiz or I don't know, man. Oh, yeah. If they drafted one of those guys way back at like twenty eight, I wouldn't hate it. Oh no, I was talking about with my extra pick or at fifty one. If I have an extra pick, if I have a if I have three picks in the top seventy and one of them is on one of those centers, I'm cool with that. Yeah, that's fine, but I'm not trading back to the mid-20s and then taking Cesar Ruiz and being happy about it. That's that's no. my spot where I go get a corner, or I go get a safety, or, or something of the sort, because I, the safety depth scares me a little bit. Uh, yeah, Jalen Rager, you can throw that in there too. Now, that might be your third wide receiver, and he would be incredible at that spot too. But I, I kind of want to ask this question. We're, we're about three minutes from the end of the show. It, safety depth in this draft. It kind of scares me a little bit. I was working back through the safeties again last night and once you get outside maybe the top 12, top 13, that's you're kind of getting sparse. Uh, I know that's a lot but compared to some of the other spots, at least I'm comfortable with 15 or 16 corners, but I'm at maybe 10 or 11 whenever it comes to safeties. Is that scare you into maybe picking a little bit of a, a, a picking earlier in the safety spot, maybe round two or round three, if you don't trade down? I don't think so. I think there are five, six, seven, eight, nine. I got about ten safeties that I feel I could step into the NFL and start. Eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Delpit, McKinney, See, I've Winfield, got eleven as well. Burgess, 
Ashton Davis, Jeremy Chin, Geno Stone, Kenny Robinson, Kayvon Wallace, Brandon Jones, oh, and Kyle Duggar. I got 11 safeties that I think could play in the NFL and contribute mm-hmm. right away. Um, and like to your point about having more corners, that makes sense. You play three corners, you play two safeties. I think the math is kind of lining up here. I think. I, mean, mm-hmm. I think the safety group, while not incredibly exciting at the top, I kind of like this safety group. Huh. I, think it's, I think it's. I think it's a pretty good safety group. Just I don't have a first round grade. I think it's fun overall too. And I, I guess we've talked about it a million times. Look, the last top one hundred or you know top three round. Safety they took was J.J. Wilcox, and that didn't necessarily work out for him. And that's where I kind of go, bringing Darian Thompson back and then the signing of HaHa Clinton Dix along with, we know we have Xavier Woods, and then there's Donovan Wilson from last year. They have four safeties plus whatever they're going to have on the practice squad. I, I just don't know if they're going to draft a safety at all with their seven picks. Yeah, I don't see them I doing been... that. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't, but I just no, don't I'm... think they'll draft a safety. I have been so burned by trying to watch this position over the years. Uh, and yeah, I mean, KT just took all my talking points out of my mouth. I think, I think that they would consider. <laughs> I think they would consider Delpit and McKinney. I would like to think that they would consider Antoine Winfield because he's one of my favorite players. But if those, if it doesn't fall to where one of those three makes sense, I wouldn't be shocked if they don't draft one because uh, they have. Three guys that they view as starter caliber. They've got a developmental guy in Wilson, like KT just said. And I certainly don't think they're going to force that pick because they have never once shown that they really value that position. Uh, the most they've ever shown that they value it is they gave HaHa Clinton Dix $4.5 million. And, like, that's not a crazy amount of money by NFL contract standards. So I just think that says a lot. Um Maybe they draft Xavier McKinney in the right circumstances, but otherwise, I wouldn't be shocked if they just don't even look at it. Well, we are 55 hours or so from the NFL draft, from the start, and the kickoff of what was originally scheduled to be in Las Vegas, but now is virtual, and our time of breaking this down coming to a close. Man, it's still kind of – the nerves are there. The nerves are setting in whenever it comes to pick 17 and the options that are available for the Dallas Cowboys overall because 55 hours away from this thing and we're still kind of at least throwing out so many different possibilities and I think it's going to be like that all the way up until pick 17. Now, do want to remind you, we will be live – 6.30 6.30 on Thursday, draft day presented by Miller Lite. This is, uh, it's going to be David Hellman, myself, KT, and Dane Brugler joining us on Thursday. Then on Friday and Saturday, we will join up with 105.3. The fan will be simulcasted on DallasCowboys.com. That'll be Dave, Dane, Jeff Cavanaugh, and then also Brian Broaddus and myself joining on the fan and DallasCowboys.com. We've got all 255 picks for you coming your way. But for today, that is going to do it. For David Hellman, for Jeff Cavanaugh, for KT, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. Thanks to Miller Lite. We'll see you on Thursday for the 2020 NFL Draft. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!